0: Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is January 26, 2022. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You might hear we have new intro music for the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast, so big thanks to Jay Black and the people who helped put that together. Uh, we're getting fancy here at the AJC with the old uh, soccer podcast. Uh, We're going to cover a few things in this podcast. We're going to cover Tuesday's scrimmage slash friendly uh, between Atlanta United and the Georgia Storm. Uh, We'll preview a little bit Sunday's uh, friendly uh, in Athens at the Turner Soccer Complex between Atlanta United and the Georgia Revolution. Uh, I'll give you any updates I have on personnel. A couple of y'all sent in some questions. We'll get to those. And uh, we'll just cover a few things here in the podcast. So, on Tuesday at the team's training ground in Marietta, Atlanta United played the Georgia Storm and defeated them two to nothing. It was a a get two 30 minute halves. Um, The first half featured one team, the second half featured another team. There were a lot of players missing uh, for various reasons, among those Joseph Martinez, Ronald Hernandez, Miles Robinson, Brooks Lennon. Machop Chole, they were all with national team duties. Emerson Hyman, Santiago Sosa, who were recovering from injuries. Uh, Ezekiel Barco, and we'll get to him in a little bit. Eric Lopez, who's now with Banfield on loan, though I don't think Atlanta United has officially announced that yet. Marcelino Moreno, who had gotten stepped on on Monday, so they were kind of giving him the day off. George Bello, who had been in the U.S. national team camp. Pineda gave him a few days off. We saw him training after the game. Atlanta United won 2 to nothing. Goals from Tyler Wolf. Uh, You can read a story about him right now on ajc.com and Jackson Conway. Luis Arahujo got the assist on Jackson Conway's goal. Uh, Arahujo was set up by a a nice clearance from Tyler Wolf off a storm corner kick. Tyler Wolf's goal, which came in the third minute, uh, was Arahujo playing in Eric Sentineau, the team's uh, first draft pick he goes by Danny I keep calling him Eric because that's his first name but it's Danny Centineau his shot was parried by the storm goalkeeper Tyler Wolf had uh, attacked the space and was the first to the ball and headed it in Um, so it was a nice moment for both the homegrowns who are competing against some veterans uh, to get playing time this year here is Tyler Wolf talking about what he wants uh, from this pending MLS season that's what everybody wants they want to be on the field but um, I think I need to prove to Gonzalo that I can do it day in and day out at training. And then when I get my minutes with the twos, making sure I'm creating chances um, so that I can be on the field with the first team and score and create chances as well. Jackson Conway, who is 20 years old, but has a pretty refreshing approach to his uh, minutes or lack of minutes because Joseph Martinez is of course one of the best strikers in Major League Soccer history. You can read a story about Justin C- Jackson Conway that's gonna post in the morning. Uh, he's also a homegrown. Here's Jackson talking about what uh, he wanted to work on in yesterday's scrimmage. Uh, we were kinda told to work on what uh, what we went through over training, defensively, attracting a man and then playing, playing that ball. In my perspective, it was more about pressing, high press, uh, winning the ball high, which I thought we did in the first 30 minutes. Um, which create a lot of chances. Basically, you go have fun. Um, these are the games where you can you can act like a chicken with your head cut off. You know, just running around, because that's how you get your match fitness. Creating that chemistry with your teammates. Um, you know, with Ozzy, being in the middle, the game kind of revolves around him. And so, as his teammates, you know, it's important that we you know how he plays. Um, him and Rosetto, I think, are a good a uh, good little combination in there and very composed uh, too. So, yeah, the team played well. Um, first game, so gives us a lot of confidence going into the next week. So the first team yesterday, the first 30 minutes, uh, the lineup, and if I get one of these wrong, forgive me. I'm doing it off the top of my head. Uh, goalkeeper Brad Guzan, the center backs were George Campbell and Alan Franco. The fullbacks were Aiden McFadden, uh, a draft pick in 2020, who had a really good year with the twos last year. And um, Andrew Gutman, so it was our first look at him, and I thought he played really, really well. Uh, the midfield was Ozzy Alonso, Mateus Huzetu, uh Danny Centeno, uh, Luis Arajujo, uh, Tyler Wolf, and the striker was Jackson Conway. Um, of that group, I thought uh, Gutman looked good. I thought uh, Centeno looked good. I thought Wolf looked good. Uh, Alonso looked good. Keep in mind, the Storm are kind of a semi pro team. Uh, the Storm did feature Andrew Carlton. Uh, At Lenny Knight's first homegrown, who was cut loose uh, before the 2021 season after a mostly disappointing career with the five stripes and who's kind of bounced around a little bit. Hoping he can find his way and and make the most of his potential because I think he can be a good player. Um, But he's got to, you know, catch some breaks and and decide that's what he wants to do. Here is Pineda talking about what he wanted to see uh, during those two 30 minute scrimmages. A little bit of everything. So everything we've been working on uh, this week is obviously a very short time to see really specific things, but I think at least what we worked this week, we were able to see a little bit of that. Obviously the fitness component of playing the progression that we are planning for the team, playing 30 minutes, 45, 60, 75, 90, a progressive timeline for them on the fitness side is also important and see the intensity that they apply in those minutes. Uh, but obviously, on the soccer side, we're trying to be behaviors on, on try to build the the style of play that we want. So there you go. Uh, of note, uh, in both uh, sessions, the team did play with four at the back, uh, which I think is going to be the base formation this season, so that the team can get an extra midfielder, uh, an extra attacker onto the field. Pineda liked yesterday the number of players they had in the penalty box when they were attacking. Because if you remember last year, a lot of times it was just Joseph trying to beat three to four guys, and that's just not going to be a a recipe for probable success. Um, You'll get it every once in a while, but not nearly like you want to. So those were some of the bright spots. Uh, In the second scrimmage, um, there there were some good moments that featured some of the team's draft picks. uh, Featured Franco Ibarra, Bobby Shuttleworth uh, in goal. He's going to be the backup to Brad Guzan. Nothing really of note from the second 30 minutes. The Sunday Friendly in Athens at the Turner Soccer Complex is already sold out. Don't read too much into that. I think it's only like 1,300 seats or something like that. Um, but I will be up there, and I will post a story post-scrimmage from that with my thoughts on what you're going to see. I think you're probably going to see something similar to Tuesday. It's, it'll be 45-minute, two forty-five 45 45-minute periods, two different teams. Pineda wants the guys to work up to 90 minutes of fitness. So over the pending scrimmages in Mexico and then the one in Birmingham, uh, you're going to see the guys play more and more minutes, and you should start to see you know, the first team develop as players come back from their national team responsibilities or from injuries or from whatever is going on. Uh, there's still no updates on Barco. There are reports that Atlanta United and a um, team in Brazil are close I've got a column written on Barco that's kind of ready to go about his time uh, with the Five Stripes because I don't think you're ever going to see him in Atlanta again unless he's at the airport passing through. I don't know quite yet when that's going to publish, but I wrote it this morning uh, sitting at my favorite coffee shop here in Carrollton, 4 a.m. Roasters. Um, So please uh, take a look at that. So now let's um, get into a couple of y'all's questions. The first one is from John. John asks, which of the young homegrowns or draft picks look the best in each half? Thanks for all you do, Doug. Well, thank you, John, for reading and for sending me the question. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope you'll consider subscribing to the paper. And with the podcast, if you can uh, click subscribe and share or click share and subscribe, I would really, really appreciate it. I thought Wolf looked really good in the first 30-minute period. He had the one goal off the header. It was a nice bit of movement from him. He should have had a second goal, but his, uh, his shot hit Jackson Conway right in the posterior. Um, he was trying to get out of the way, but he couldn't. It would have been in the goal. I thought his play to Arahujo that led to Conway's second goal was a really nice pass uh, to clear the Storm's pressure. He put Arahujo into space. All he had to do was look up. Jackson Conway timed his run really well. Araujo played him into space, and all Conway had to do was beat the goalkeeper, and he did. So I thought both of those guys looked really, really good. In uh, the second, it was uh, it was a bit spotty, but it was okay. Um, some of the academy guys, some of the Atlanta United 2 guys, uh, Mateus uh, looked pretty good, for example. But some of the homegrowns, Efren Morales came in for the last 10 minutes. I was really curious to see him. He was working as a defensive midfielder. He's kind of, a, we were joking yesterday, kind of a Marianne Falani type of player. Tall, covers a lot of ground because he has such long legs. It was cool to see him out on the field. I really want to see chop when he comes back from national team duties with South Sudan playing because I thought he had a good preseason last year. And I think he could do, could be a special player for the team. We'll just have to see Bryce Washington was playing at a right back spot. I don't think that's his natural spot. I think he's normally going to be a center back. So he looked, you know, he looked solid. He, he did what the job, they didn't have, allow any goals. So those are some of the guys that, that were uh, kind of fun to watch and, We'll see how they develop here the rest of this preseason. The other question is from Christian, a friend of the podcast. Christian says, good afternoon. I am super excited about the upcoming season. Since we have some coaching and roster continuity, for the first time in a few years, I think the future is bright. However, I am still concerned about how our midfield pieces will fit together. If you were king for a day, what change addition would you make to this group? What I would do is I think I would start Ozzie Alonso at the holding midfielder spot and push Santi Sosa a little bit higher up the field. I know they want him to be a defensive midfielder, and I think he can be, but he's still got some awareness issues uh, on defense that shown last season. I think he might be better if he's pushed up a little bit higher, but we'll see what happens. Marcelino Moreno uh, you know, is a central midfielder, but he doesn't get a lot of assists. He's, he's kind of an enigma. I'm curious to see how Pineda is going to try to get the best out of him this season, particularly if Tiago Almada comes because he's also an attacking midfielder. And it's been proven that Marino is not not as effective, I should say, on the wing as he is in the middle of the pitch. And then a bonus question from Christian. Do you think we will get better play from the left-wing position? (laughs) If so, who will provide it? Araujo is clearly a very good player, so we just need to improve on the other side. Araujo plays on the right. On the left, if Barco doesn't come back and if Pineda decides it's not Moreno, you the choices are slim. Tyler Wolf likes to be that attacking midfielder. I don't think it'll be him. It could be Jake Moraney on the left. Uh, I like Jake. I think he's going to be a good player when he gets some consistent minutes. He's very fast. He beats people off the dribble. He puts in a good ball. Um, it could be Chop coming back. He just needs more experience. He needs a lot more experience. Other than that, unless the team makes a signing, uh, the Pickings are a little bit slim there. And I forgot, we actually have a third question uh, from Noah who sent it uh, early yesterday. He says, I was curious why we haven't seen any interesting transfers happening. Our bitter rivals in Orlando are signing big-name players, but we seem dormant. I don't agree with that assertion, Noah. The reason you're not seeing a lot of big-name signings is because the team doesn't have a lot of roster space. It was able to keep most of the group together. You are going to lose Barco. I think it's likely you're going to bring in Tiago Almada. Other than that, you didn't really need a whole lot. I think they still might be shopping for a backup striker now that Eric Lopez is is, uh, loaned out to Banfield in Argentina. But that's why. Orlando lost Chris Mueller. They lost DK. They lost a couple of other big names. They had to go and backfill with some new DPs and, and TAM money. So that's why you're seeing more from them and you know everyone's familiar with what Miami's doing so I think that instead of being concerned if I were you I would be a little bit confident because once a team gets to play together for a little bit they develop that chemistry from chemistry comes confidence and from confidence comes results so I think if Atlanta United can stay lucky can stay mostly healthy it's going to be in for a really big season but again it's got Joseph cannot get hurt or they have to find a really good backup striker. But that's, that's the assertion there. There was another Twitter question, um, and I get this from time to time, because Atlanta United fans are nothing if not nostalgic. Wondering if Miguel Almiron could come back from Newcastle uh, on loan. He's not playing anymore at Newcastle. very rarely playing under new manager Eddie Howe. Uh, Newcastle is now owned by Sheik's. They have more money than they know what to do with. Uh, there's a, a, an alleged $80 million release clause in Almiron's contract. I don't believe that for one second. But no, he's not going to come back to Atlanta United. He'll stay in Europe, I got to think, unless he just wants to go to South America to be closer to family. Uh, he's still, I think, a very, very good player. Uh, in the right system, under the right manager, with the right pieces, he can do damage. Eddie Howe just doesn't seem to rate him. And, you know, we'll see what happens. There you go. All right. I don't have any more questions uh, from y'all. I don't really have anything else to say. <laughs> We're talking to Andrew Gutman tomorrow. We're supposed to be talking to Mateus Suzetu tomorrow. So look for stories about them on Saturday and Sunday, please, in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution or on my Twitter feed at Doug Robertson AJC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News. Now that will wrap up the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast.